Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, certified strength and conditioning specialist at the Natty Hour, and welcome everybody to episode 69. In today's episode, we are going to talk about what an appropriate rate of fat loss is. I think the most common question I get when someone is ready to enter into a fat loss phase is, how long is it going to take? And I get why that's a common question. You're finally in a good headspace where you're ready to make this commitment, But often I receive a lot of disappointment when I answer this question with a realistic response. I'm not one to tell you what you want to hear in order to get you as a client, like many coaches often do. I prefer to set a realistic timeline based on several variables when I'm analyzing how long it's truly going to take. And even then, it's important to note that there may be other speed bumps that we encounter in the future, which of course is going to change this timeline. So let's spend some time today going over a realistic rate of fat loss, as well as some variables that are worth considering when you're trying to get an idea of how long it's going to take to get there. When we are trying to lose weight, an optimal rate of fat loss is approximately 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week, and that's in order to minimize muscle and strength loss. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of weekly targets, especially for women, and there are a few reasons for this. And let's just briefly discuss one of the biggest reasons why it's not all that accurate for women to compare scale weight changes on a week-to-week basis. The main reason is due to our menstrual cycle. There are different phases of our cycle where our bodies are at different points hormonally within each phase. So here's just a brief explanation of these phases. The first one is the follicular phase, and that's the time between the first day of the period and ovulation. Estrogen rises as an egg prepares to be released. The next one is the proliferative phase, and that's after the period. Next we have ovulation, which is the release of the egg from the ovary mid-cycle. Estrogen at this point peaks just beforehand and then drops shortly afterwards. And then we have the luteal phase, and that's the time between ovulation and before the start of menstruation. So at this point, the body prepares for a possible pregnancy and progesterone is produced, it peaks, and then it drops. So as you can see from all of these different phases here, 
our hormones change drastically between each phase. This, of course, is going to impact the scale where comparing week-to-week changes when these different phases are going on is like comparing apples to oranges. So we have to take a step back and remember that it's more accurate for us to compare month-to-month changes when we're measuring weight loss. So I would still determine your weekly rate of fat loss because it's still good to know and have it in the back of your head, but then take that number and simply multiply it by four so you can determine your rate of fat loss on an overall monthly basis. So let's go over an example. Say you weigh 200 pounds, your rate of weekly fat loss would be 1 to 2 pounds. You take 200 times it by 0.5% to get the 1 pound, and then you take 200, multiply it by 1% to get the 2 pounds. So that's a 1 to 2 pound range on a weekly basis. Then you would, of course, multiply that range by 4 to determine your monthly goal, which would be between four to eight pounds. Understanding your monthly rate of fat loss allows you to ignore and accept those weeks where we don't always see a linear drop in the scale. This is 100% normal and not worth losing sleep over, especially if you're being accurate with your program. Now, some people see the rate of fat loss percentage and often think that's not enough. Remember here, you guys, that the scale measures more than just fat. It also takes into consideration the amount of muscle you have, protein, water retention, and even organ size. So just because the scale is going down, it doesn't actually mean that 100% of that drop can be contributed to just fat. It's actually been shown that if the scale goes down too quickly, a lot of that can be contributed to muscle loss which is the last thing we want. So to mitigate this risk, it's better to take a more conservative approach with your rate of fat loss. And that's just going to allow you to maintain muscle mass as well as your strength in the gym. Remember that less is sometimes more. Now let's move forward and consider some variables when you are trying to come up with your timeline. Before we do that though, please note that you are in no way required to come up with a timeline. If you're okay with taking a slower approach and aren't too concerned with how long it's going to take, then I would honestly just skip the rest of the episode. But for those who like to plan ahead and set expectations for themselves, then by all means, estimating a timeline is completely necessary. As well too, if you're being unrealistic with your timeline, then by all means, having a timeline here that's more realistic for you so that way you can practice patience is again necessary. Now please note it's not as simple as taking your starting weight and then determining your target weight and then seeing how many weeks it's going to take based off of the rate of fat loss target we just determined above. So for example, again, if you're weighing 200 pounds, let's say you want to weigh 150. We know that your weekly rate of fat loss already is 1 to 2 pounds. Let's just use 1 pound here for convenience. If you multiply 1 by the amount you want to lose, which is 50 pounds, that's a total of 50 weeks. However, that doesn't mean that your timeline is going to be 50 weeks in order to achieve your target goal weight. It's not that black and white, and there are several other variables that we want to consider 
it could take longer, it could take less, but let's take a look at some of these variables. The most important variable to consider is where is your metabolism at? A lot of people, especially women, are in a state of constant chronic dieting. Often without even realizing it, we have been programmed to believe that we need to consume as little calories as possible in order to lose weight or even maintain our weight. So we think that we need to eat like a bird and that's considered healthy and it's not going to have any consequences on our ability to lose weight when we're ready to maybe hire a coach or ready to do so on our own in the future. What happens when you eat like a bird for too long? So in other words, you eat too little calories for too long. Really low calories creates what is known as an energy gap, which activates your body's self-defense system. And this results in a lower metabolic rate, a drop in your thyroid hormone, a drop in your leptin hormone levels. And we have learned in previous episodes that these are normal negative adaptations that occur when you're dieting. But if your intention is not to diet right now and you're still eating very little food, we have to understand that eating like a bird is not putting us in a desirable position to enter into a fat loss phase in the future because you're already experiencing the negative effects, the negative adaptations that occur when you're dieting. So if you're experiencing that prior to dieting, you're not in a good starting position or even in an optimal or realistic starting position at all. I actually just recently entered into my first fat loss phase in five years, a month ago now, and I try to be transparent as possible and document my journey on Instagram for everybody. And I had somebody ask me a question the other day, just asking me, how am I losing weight eating 2,400 calories a day? And I told her it's because I strategically spent five years not dieting. And those five years, I was focusing on eating more food, where over that time frame, I was actually maintaining my weight, consuming 2,800 calories. And so many often hear me say that and they just think to themselves, oh, that must be nice. But not many are willing to strategically take themselves out of a dieting phase for a long period of time due to this false fear that eating more food is going to cause you to gain a bunch of weight and you are destined to starve yourself forever. I'm actually really passionate about breaking this mentality and if you haven't listened to episode 60 already of how you can accomplish the ability to eat more food, repair your hormones, and not gain a bunch of weight, I highly recommend you check that episode out. So the reason why this is the most important variable is because depending on how much you are currently eating before you start your diet, that's going to determine your starting calories to lose weight. And depending on what that number is, it may slow down your rate of fat loss or force you to make a tough decision that your body is just not ready. Even though you may feel mentally ready, your body needs to be metabolically ready. It needs to be metabolically primed if you want to minimize the amount of suffering you're going to go through when you're dieting and maximize your results so you can actually achieve your targeted rate of fat loss. Now, this starting point is going to look different for everybody, so only you can determine if it's realistic for you to adhere to or not. For example, say you have been eating 1,700 calories a day before you made the decision to diet. You've been maintaining weight, eating this much food, and are ready to start your journey. 
in order to initiate the dieting phase, you may need to cut your calories by 200 to 400 in order to be in a calorie deficit to achieve your rate of fat loss goals. This drop would be between eating 1,300 to 1,500 calories a day. To some, that's a big adjustment where it's complete torture. And to others, it's totally manageable where they don't even really notice. And this is going to depend, of course, on your age, your dietary history, occupation, and even your activity levels. But if you feel that it is manageable, then be okay making the decision to carry on with your fat loss phase. But if that is torture for you, then that's a good indication that your body is just not in the best place to enter into a dieting phase. And taking some time to focus on building up your metabolic capacity by eating more food for a period of time is completely necessary. So take the time to ensure your body is truly ready to be in a calorie deficit. Because if you feel you aren't ready in the beginning, it's just going to get worse from there. Because as you progress through a dieting phase, it just gets harder and harder physically and mentally. The next variable we want to consider is your social status. Are you the type of person who needs human connection multiple times during the week where you're eating out and having drinks more than once? Or are you the type of person who sticks to themselves and doesn't really focus or care to go out and eat? The reason that this is an important consideration is because going out, regardless of if the nutrition facts are available online for the chosen restaurant, it can slow down your results. And the reason is because I can just guarantee that the chef is not going out of their way to weigh out your macronutrients perfectly the way that you typically would when you're consuming your food at home. So I've used this example before where say you're ordering a stir fry and the macros within that stir fry calls for 100 grams of basmati rice, but the chef isn't weighing it out. So you might receive a dish in front of you with 200 grams, maybe 300 grams. So again, just because the macros are available doesn't mean that that's what you're actually consuming. So that's going to slow things down a little bit. And again, I'm all about enjoying your life and having that balance. But if you're going to be going out to eat, be sure that you try to limit it, especially when you're dieting, if, if you are wanting to maximize your timeline. But if that's not feasible for you and your lifestyle, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to go out multiple times during the week, then by all means, that's totally fine. But you have to be okay with the trade-off. You have to set those expectations for yourself that your timeline is likely going to be a little bit longer. The next consideration, which kind of goes hand-in-hand with the previous one, is what time of year are you going to be dieting? I think it's safe to say that any time of year is tough. Dieting is not something that's very fun or is very easy, and it's always going to be tough regardless of what time of year you choose for yourself. But taking into consideration what is going to be a better timeline for you is important. So for example, the summer months for some people are filled with weekend getaways, endless social gatherings, and vacations whenever you can. If that sounds familiar to you, is that really a good time of year to consider dieting? Is that realistic for you and your lifestyle? Maybe it is, and you would prefer to diet during the summer months because your birthday is in the fall and you love Thanksgiving and Christmas and you don't want to miss out on those occasions. Those occasions are more important to you than the occasions during the summer months. Like I said, there's never going to be a perfect time, but if you're wanting to maximize your timeline, take some time to understand which seasons mean more to you than others 
in which you can expect to have more social gatherings that you don't want to miss out on. And the last consideration is plateaus. Please note that plateaus are completely normal and you can definitely expect them during your dieting phase, but they look different for everybody. I've had some clients where they have hit a plateau every couple of weeks up to every four weeks. And then other clients, they haven't hit a plateau for 16 plus weeks. And there's no real way to anticipate this. And therefore, there's not much you can do about it. But it's just important to understand that this will occur. So be sure to set those expectations for yourself. So with all of these variables here considered, what is a more realistic timeline? If we go back to our previous example where we want to lose 50 pounds and that showcased uh, one pound on average a week. If we take the 50 week timeline that we determined, I think adding 10 to 20% on top of that is a realistic timeline for those who would like a general idea of what they can expect in regards to how long it's gonna take. So I would apply a 10% increase to this timeline for those who are planning to be more strict with themselves during the process. And if you want to be more relaxed or eating out multiple times during the week, then I would add an additional 20% on top of that timeline. So with our example here, that would be another five weeks on top of the 50 weeks if you needed 10%. And if you needed 20%, that would be an additional 10 weeks if it was needed. This is in no way an exact science, more so just a frame of reference for those who are looking for a general idea. At the end of the day, it shouldn't matter really how long it's going to take if this change is something that you truly want. Because typically, we'll do anything, right, for the things that we want and it doesn't matter how long it takes. But hopefully this episode allows you to just be more realistic with your own timeline and go easier on yourself so you aren't getting discouraged if something is taking longer than what you expected it to. Because everything in life always does. All right, team, that about wraps up this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, if you found it helpful as a thank you to me, please do me a huge favor and be sure to share this on your social media. Maybe share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't already, please be sure to go leave this episode a review on iTunes. It really helps me out. It helps other people find the episode so we can ensure that we help more people just like this episode was able to help you. So thank you all. I look forward to chatting with you all again very soon. But until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.